0: And welcome back to another episode of the Global and the Granite State podcast. As always, I'm Tim Horgan, the Executive Director of the World Affairs Council of New Hampshire. We are a statewide nonprofit that helps people to better understand complex global issues that will impact life here in New Hampshire. Most people know about our wonderful speakers programs that we host to help achieve this goal, but not as many people know about our International Visitor Leadership Program that we host here in the state. As a part of the U.S. Department of State, we are able to host up-and-coming leaders from around the world to learn and share with our counterparts here in New Hampshire. In this episode of the Global and the Granite State, we take a look at a group of young political leaders who came to New Hampshire to learn about youth civic engagement. We also talk with U.S. leaders from across the country about how the IVLP affects their communities and why this program is so special. There is an amazing network led by Global Ties U.S that allows these visitors to experience the diversity that the United States has to offer. This is the Global in the Granite State IVLP episode.
1: Hopeful. Openness. openness,
2: Friendship. Smiles. Powerful. powerful, Global understanding.
1: Beneficial.
0: These are just some of the words that people use to describe the State Department's International Visitor Leadership Program and the power that it has to build a better world. I was recently at the Global Ties U.S. National Conference and had the opportunity to meet with these four global leaders in international exchanges to hear firsthand how and why they engage with this program. This four-day conference is an amazing opportunity for this network of nationwide organizations and State Department leaders to come together and share best practices as well as stories. For those who are not familiar, the IVLP celebrates its 80th anniversary this year and is the State Department's flagship exchange program. Bringing over 5,000 visitors to the US, this program allows working professionals to interact with their counterparts from around the world. Meetings are set up to allow for the sharing of best practices, as well as to build relationships that can bring the world closer together. Speaking with Felicia Maxwell Barrett of the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy, she was able to share a great story about a female entrepreneur who visited Salt Lake City.
3: We've also got this really great woman that we hosted for a women's entrepreneurship. She's from Sierra Leone. She sent us a story about how she had to drop out of high school, but in doing so, definitely recognized that there was a lot of work that needed to be done for women's empowerment. And so she started a nonprofit. It was helping women get micro-grants and then basic education, and she said that her short time in utah made it feel like she had gotten a master's degree in the work that she was doing and she was so excited to take the resources back share it with others in the community be able to implement it into her own organization and one of the things that we have really been focused on over the last few years is capturing these stories of impact and so when we hear these really great stories about master's degrees from the knowledge that they're experiencing coupled with you know one of the statistics we have we have witnessed is that 76 percent of women who come to the united states and meet with our women leaders now feel more empowered when they go back to their own community
0: it truly is through these direct exchanges that powerful changes can be made in the lives of people who experience this program Many visitors go back home feeling that they have learned the skills they need to improve their country's outlook and have built relationships that will continue to help them in the future. Erin Hoshibata from the Pacific and Asian Affairs Council in Hawaii perhaps said it best when I asked her about what word she would use to describe the power of the IVLP.
4: Ohana, it is a Hawaiian word as you know that means family and at the end of the day we are a global community. We need to be connecting more with our brothers and sisters across our waters, and that's what IVLP does. You know, We really try to, of course, build community internally. We're trying to bridge across borders, but we're all trying to become a global family, a global ohana.
0: Janelle Coswell from International House in Charlotte, North Carolina, provided a similar sentiment about the power these exchanges have to bridge divides and create new relationships that benefit everyone.
1: And it's great to see people come to that realization and realize, oh, this person could easily be my friend because we have so much in common. And what do you know? We like the same sport. And, you know, I I love to see that. And I think that is a tremendous value.
0: Not only do these programs create warm feelings about different cultures, but they also create some concrete results and international partnerships. Here in New Hampshire, as listeners may remember, a group's visit to the Freedom Cafe in Durham, New Hampshire, produced a partnership with a human rights organization in India looking to replicate the nonprofit coffee shop model back home. They were able to send two people to New Hampshire to intern at the Freedom Cafe in order to learn the ins and outs of how to do this. If you have not heard that episode, check out episode 12 from November. It's a really inspiring story. Also... Paul Champlou from Cultural Vistas in Washington, D.C., provided a concrete partnership that would not have happened without this program.
2: It was a multi-regional project bringing together about 25, 26 English teachers from around the world. They were basically coming to learn more about best practices in teaching English as a foreign language, and they also had an additional focus on American culture. They want to learn more and experience more about American culture so that way they could relay the context of learning the language to their respective students. We had one Japanese participant who ended up setting up an exchange with a school in Santa Fe, with a Native American Indian school. So I mean it was just a joy, pleasure to, to get to know those visitors, that group, and to program for them. And I still, I'm connected to them on Facebook, and that's another great aspect of them. They still write to each other, they still post up pictures and say, thinking of all my brothers and sisters from the multi-regional IVLP project. So it's really great to see them staying in contact.
0: Beyond the value that visitors see on this program, locals also have the opportunity to share in the benefits. One favorite story from New Hampshire was of a home hospitality host who invited a group from South Africa to her home a few months before she traveled to their country. Not only did she build a strong relationship with these visitors over a shared meal, she also got the chance to see some of them when she visited. While in South Africa, our home host got a behind-the-scenes tour of the Capitol building and was invited to the four-day-long wedding of the president. There's no way she would have gotten to experience this without the IVLP. Felicia, in New Mexico, shared a similar story.
3: So we've got one volunteer who hosts our local dinner program called Home Hospitality. And he is a photographer and he's been hosting our volunteers for dinners for years and years. Well, recently, within the last year, he was talking to one of the visitors about his photography business and as a side hobby, this visitor's like, oh, I do photography as well. And so they created a photography travel program in which our local volunteer, would go to Jordan and this gentleman who was part of the IVLP program would advertise and outreach to his local community of people who wanted to learn basic photography and they would do a photography workshop. And so they went to Petra and rode on camels. And so, you know, he was able to share that that came from just one experience of hosting dinners, that he gets to go out and become a teacher in the world.
0: Local host communities also see an economic benefit from this program. With visitors coming to stay in hotels and eat out in restaurants, the impact can be quite large. The New Hampshire community sees a yearly economic influx of at least $525,000, which is probably on the low side once you factor in the shopping visitors do to bring presents home to their families. For Salt Lake City, the local economic impact is even
3: higher. For us, it's a million dollars, which is huge. There are not nonprofits in Utah that can say the same thing. And we're really proud that the companies that we do business with are local, so as much of the funding that we receive does stay within our own community.
0: The same can be said for Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: Oh my gosh, IVLP has such a big impact on Charlotte. Not only the economic side where they stay in hotels, they shop they go to restaurants, they do cultural activities, they go to shows and things like that. But also the culture and the diversity of their presence and bringing certain knowledge with them to share with our community. Because not everyone in the United States has the resources to travel abroad and to go to another country to step outside their comfort zone and to experience a person from a different national, racial, cultural background. And so it enriches our community in that we can bring our local community members with their professional counterparts from all around the world and for them to realize, to see that we have more in common that differentiates us.
0: In addition to all of this, the IVLP is a key tool in the US Department of State's box. The best ambassadors of the country are the everyday people that visitors meet with and interact. Participants see that there is no government filter that prevents people from speaking their minds to those involved in the program and that the U.S. faces its own challenges as well.
2: It is definitely a key aspect in the U.S.'s foreign policy goals in terms of being able to strengthen, forge new relationships between just the general American people and people coming from all sorts of different countries. You know, there's so much power in exchanging not just the knowledge we've gained over centuries, but also what others around the world have learned at the same time. And that sharing of knowledge, forming friendships, increasing understanding, that will never cease in importance.
0: Ending on a high note, I turn to Erin to provide a strong view of why we should all engage with this program.
2: I think it's easy
4: to wake up and see only hate in the world. I think many of us are subject to our social media bubbles, right? We wake up and it's it's, it's sometimes hard to crawl out of bed and remind yourself that there is good in the world. And IVOP is a constant reminder. When you see their smiles, when you see them connecting with your resources in your local community, that people are kind, that people do want to help each other first and foremost.
0: To find out more about the International Visitor Leadership Program in New Hampshire and how you can get involved, check out our website or contact Anise Jasmine Sayers at the Council. The council is so fortunate to host all of these amazing visitors who come to our state. We are also so indebted to our wonderful home hospitality and meeting hosts who give so freely of their time. For those who have not had the opportunity to meet with our visitors in the past, this story gives you a little insight into the experiences of our international visitors.
5: We are invited by the U.S. Department of State uh, addressing the issues of the youth uh, political engagement in the millennial age.
0: Recently, the World Affairs Council of New Hampshire hosted a group of five youth civic leaders and election officials from Indonesia as a part of the International Visitor Leadership Program through the U.S. Department of State. This program brings over 5,000 international participants to the country every year, building important connections around the world. The World Affairs Council of New Hampshire sets up meetings for them with their counterparts to share best practices in a given field. We took some time to speak with one visitor, Fanny Alam, to learn more about their experiences here. My name is Fanny. Yeah, I know my name is a little bit
5: biased gender. I'm, I'm male. I'm working in one of the local NGO. the name is Bandung School of Peace, Indonesia.
0: Fani is actually the founder of this non-governmental school, which uses digital platforms to educate and inform young Indonesians on how to become more politically engaged. Many of the programs this school runs focus on promoting tolerance, diversity, and to prevent the spread of disinformation, a problem around the world. Focusing on youth, Mr. Alam noticed that many similarities and differences between our countries occur.
5: I believe that uh, what we have been doing in Indonesia, uh, talking about the youth engagement in politics, is also similar to what you've been doing here. And then when we compare to the use of the tools, I guess both of us are using the same tools yeah, for empowering social media, for example. See. Okay, but maybe more politically, uh, we are also interested in comprehending about how the system of the politics is running in here. And then how are the candidates here even uh, try to approach the youth so that they can be more, let's say, maybe engaged, maybe more politically to see the situation. Because, you know, that the political system in, in America maybe is very dynamic, right?
0: Many of the issues that are of interest to youth in the United States are also concerns to young people in Indonesia, although many differences do emerge.
5: I am really concerned about how uh, the youth in America actually are interested in amplifying the climate change because it's our concern in Indonesia that actually climate change is also very dangerous, right? And then it change all the design, maybe, or the country even, right? When it comes to political years, (laughs) uh, some of issues in Indonesia which always emerge, are such as religion issues, especially religion minorities, and also other minorities issues such as LGBTs, okay, and even issues of uh, ethnics is also included inside there. Yeah.
0: However, one major difference was readily apparent. We don't have any uh, student, student loan platform in
5: our country, yeah, but maybe it could be one of the new generating issues maybe a lot
0: of politicians would like to emerge later on. Yeah. Getting to why the group was visiting New Hampshire in particular, Fanny provided some wonderful insights into the power of this program to illuminate ideas and create connections for his work back home.
5: So our target is actually to learn about how we could learn about uh, what the youth uh, movement in politics in here is doing and then how they can also use the tools for, let's say, maybe for empowering themselves yeah, politically. Democracy, I guess, in America is uh, one of the examples that actually every country would like to see. In Indonesia, it's also running well. Yeah, I mean, because we can see the increasing number of the voters. Uh, I guess it is also one of the indication that
0: democracy is running well as well. Speaking of voters, particularly young voters, Fanny had some interesting insights into the concerns he has for his country. In terms of voter turnout, no, it is not the problem
5: anymore, but yeah, but uh, what I'm concerned about is the swing voters among the youth, yeah. Because I really I really don't understand why the youth would like to vote this candidate or this candidate, yeah. So that's why, uh, for example, so what uh, I've been doing in my organization is just like uh, to give the civic and political education for the youth to raise their awareness that actually politics is important. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then no matter what candidates uh, you are going to vote, you need to be responsible. So building responsibility is very important. Why
0: you choose this, why you vote that. He also had a great response to the question of what he'll tell the youth he works with back home when he returns.
5: I'm going to tell that the basic is politics is important. Yeah. When they come to our place, maybe to study, so it is also a part of the political situation as well. Okay. And then we also try to appreciate people are not voters but at least we try to give the let's say maybe to build their awareness that if you don't vote it means there is going to be uh, some kind of maybe consequence some of the consequences maybe could be could be appearing from public policy, maybe and then if we don't try to vote, so it means we lose our voice, right? We cannot try to influence the politicians, maybe, addressing the public policy. That's the examples maybe that I'm going to introduce to them.
0: During their time in New Hampshire, the council set up a wide range of meetings for this group. They had the opportunity to meet with the campaigns of Senator Shaheen and Brigadier General Boldock. They met with the New Hampshire Young Republicans and Young Democrats. They got to attend events for Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, as well as several other nonprofit organizations. According to Mr. Alam, despite what they see in the news back home. Finally we see the reality rights. <laughs> yeah I mean because uh, so
5: far we've been uh, hearing about uh, the news about America maybe in in our country, and then finally we we come here and then we just research about by ourselves and then we find that well, everything is running very dynamically, you know I mean no matter who the president would be or maybe even right now the the president is real. Okay, the president right now has got a lot of negative impression, I guess, from, from everyone. However, it is a part of the political dynamics, right? Like it or not, okay? And then that's what all of you have been uh, electing. <laughs> that's the result, okay? And then it also shows about how people in America
0: uh, have the diversity as well yeah, in politics. Without a doubt, this program is hugely beneficial to the security and prosperity of the world. By building these international connections and relationships, the Council, and its partner organizations, work to strengthen systems around the world that will help maintain stability in other countries. We also build the bridges of understanding that open societies to each other, overcoming stereotypes and misconceptions. This is an important program to the United States foreign policy, and something that we hope to continue to have benefit the state for decades to come. I want to take a moment to thank all of our meeting and home hosts for their generosity and willingness to engage with our visitors. Your efforts as citizen diplomats go well beyond just a single meeting. Before we finish this episode of the Global and the Granite State, I wanted to take a moment to speak about the power of international dialogue to promote peace and prosperity. For the past 80 years, the U.S. Department of State has run the International Visitor Leadership Program, and over 500 participants have gone on to become heads of state. Making sure that these people have a proper understanding of what the U.S. is really like could not be more important. For a federal program with such a small budget, the impact this network has is incalculable. The long-term benefits of building these relations are also innumerable and can be seen with every group that comes to the U.S. In the time in which global tensions are rising, strong relationships between countries is what can help prevent the outbreak of global instability. The World Affairs Council of New Hampshire is dedicated to doing our part to help create this world through our international exchange programs, speakers programs, and high school program. However, we cannot do this work on our own, and we need the strong support of the global community to help us continue our efforts. If you are listening to this podcast and are able to become a part of our local community, I hope you will consider attending our events, hosting visitors, or becoming a member of our organization. If you simply enjoy the timely and interesting stories we tell here on the Global and the Granite State podcast, I hope you will consider making a donation to our organization to help us continue bringing great programming like this to the wider community. As global challenges continue to grow, it is important that people remain informed and understand how these issues affect our corner of the world. Thank you so much for your support, and we hope you will continue to engage with our efforts. To become a member of the Council or to make a donation, please visit our website at www.wacnh.org.